Hi, this is Joe Manasa, author of The Business of Getting Business, and you're listening to My Quest for the Best with Bill Ringel. Listen up, small business founders, senior managers, and rising stars. Bill Ringel here, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock your growth potential. On each episode, I bring you the inside stories from published and accomplished guests who want to share their knowledge and experiences so you can be more successful in leading your people, managing your business, and navigating towards more growth and more impact in a changing and challenging landscape. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Bill Ringel, host of My Quest for the Best, the podcast for ambitious small business leaders. Joining me today is Joe Manasa. Joe is CEO of Joe Manasa Real Estate in Tallahassee, Florida. And after observing industry giants move to digital-first marketing approaches, he made the transition within his own company, which resulted in over $10 million of revenue from the business's website. He's here today to talk about his book, The Business of Getting Business, The Digital Marketing Guide for Small Business. Welcome, Joe. Thanks, Bill. Glad to be here. It's good to have you. Say, Joe, when you were growing up, who's someone who influenced or inspired you? Well... I was very blessed growing up. I come from a very strong family, and I have to say it's my parents. Uh, my mom's a fierce competitor. My dad works very hard, and I think I took a little bit of each of them in that regard. When you say your mom's a competitor, how did that show up? Was it some sort of sport that she played, or was it you know, just teaching, instilling that value of looking to be your best? How did that come out? In all things, but she was a tennis player. She played at very, very high levels, won local tournaments. She just played to win. And, uh, you know, for her generation, uh, being a woman and doing that, that was definitely uh, some some leadership that, that you didn't see all the time. That's terrific. I also have a, a great love of tennis, by the way. As you think about the lessons you learned from your parents, can you think of a time when either the competitiveness or the hard work or some combination influenced the direction that you took in your career or personal life? Well, I played a lot of sports growing up. Uh, I was uh, blessed to have enough talent to get into college. I got a scholarship to play football at, at West Point, and um, that definitely was a great starting career path. I got an education, uh, a computer science degree, uh, served our country as a as an infantry uh, ranger, infantry officer in the army, and um, I think all of that really gave me great foundation to be able to be a leader in any industry or path that I took. It's really interesting how those early um, influences come back and guide us through those values and the decisions that we make. You wrote this book, The Business of Getting Business, because you had a wake up call about the importance of getting online and using that in your real estate business. What was it that helped you see that? Was it an article? Was it a conversation? Was it just the realization of a trend? Well, I had a conversation with one of my friends and he said, you know, Joe, you really ought to be blogging. And I said, blogging, you know, what's that dear diary on the internet? I was not necessarily insightful or visionary. But fortunately, I had a smart friend who said I should be blogging. And so I, I started a, a real estate blog in July of 2007. And I committed to writing an article every day for 30 days and then coming up for air and seeing if it was even worth my time. And what did you find? Well, after 30 days, I was just learning to find my own voice writing. And so I committed to another 30 days to see if 
I could justify the time and the effort I was putting into it. And within that next 30 days, I, I totally got it. I absolutely saw it. I was becoming an authority on real estate in Tallahassee on the web. And there was no one else. There was absolutely nothing you could find about real estate in Tallahassee on the internet. And so I started generating a, a small and growing following. And how did you recognize that you were getting a following? Because I imagine that with tens of thousands of realtors across the country, the number who have written at least 50 original articles could probably fit in one room. <laughs> probably. I have a tendency to measure everything that I do. I just think it's a smart business practice. And the first couple of articles I wrote were absolutely zero impact. I don't think anybody even noticed they were there. But I started writing on topics that were, well, let me take a step backwards. I started by writing about things that I knew. I know this, let me write about this. And after about a month, I realized I shouldn't be writing about what I know. I should be writing about what people want to know. And so even though they're really the same thing, my approach to answering questions when I wrote started generating feedback from people reading the articles. People started asking me to go into further detail on a point that I was making. And, you know, if you've ever been in sales, you know, the hardest thing to do is to establish rapport with a prospective customer. And by creating a public voice online, I was establishing rapport with hundreds and then thousands of people that I hadn't even met. It's a very effective way to do it for a small investment of time and development of skill. Now you had the opportunity to reach out and have people come to you seeking your authority, perspective, and guidance on issues that enabled you to develop business relationships. Did you actually see that within the first couple months develop into any sort of business, tangible business leads? It did, but I can tell you it was very slow at the beginning. I was fortunate to be patient because I saw it. I saw the momentum gathering. In real estate, we have like a nine and a half month gestation cycle for buyers. From the for time they first really start poking and prodding online till they actually close on a home is nine and a half months. And so I knew it wasn't like I was going to write an article and then have a closing the next week. So my 2007 articles, though, I'm still getting some feedback on those today. So that's 13 years old. And I started writing an article every day, July 1st, 2007. I have not missed a weekday since. Well, that's an impressive record. And I think that I want to highlight what you just said, that people are still reading articles that you wrote 13 years ago, and you're getting traffic and you're getting subscribers. And at least the authority platform continues to grow based upon the investments you made years ago. Absolutely. It's like footprints in the sand. It gives a path for people to follow and they can only find you. The content marketing is a get rich slow program, but it does work. If you get the good content out there, you'll eventually, every article you write, even if it only gets one visitor a week, you know, after 13 years, that traffic adds up. Yes, it really did. And what is one resource that you reached out to to gain more perspective and accelerate the progress that you were making because you were encouraged by this and you made a commitment to it? Surely you reached out to look for more insight into how you could do it even better. 
I started really becoming a content consumer. I went out and started finding people in other industries that appeared to be doing well. You know, there is no scoreboard out there, so you kind of have to guess. But contrary to everybody else in the country, I signed up for every spam email I could find. I wanted to see what people were sending out. And I got to the point where I was getting about 800 to 900 spam emails a day. But I learned so much from them. And if I would get an email that made me a little curious, I started studying it, saying, why am I curious? You know, why, why am I curious about a digital thermometer? And I learned to write better ad copy and I learned to write better content copy by taking in so many emails from some of the various leaders across the internet. Name one or two leaders who you encountered and an example that led to you actually implementing something you learned from a newsletter. Oh boy, that one goes deep in the archives. I'd say Guy Kawasaki was somebody that I signed up for early and there were quite a few others. I, I just can't put names on right now. Um, but there was, I'll give you an example of something I did that I had, I had, I'd re, I would signed up on Twitter and I had no idea what Twitter was, what it was for, or if it could even help my business. And a good buddy of mine who I played football with in college was, was at my house. And I said, let me show you the wildest thing. And he came in and a friend of mine had a, had invented this bass fishing net. It was a collapsible net and it, uh, you could store it in a boat without it getting tangled. So when, when you needed it, you extracted the actual netting, you netted the fish. And then when you were done, you, you, you collapsed it back down and could put it out of the way. So my buddy comes in and I said, watch this. And I sent out a tweet about buy this. Gosh, I wish I could remember the, the little jingle I had on it, but buy this bass fishing net. It, it'll stay out of your way. Something to that extent, except it was a little sexier than that. And, uh, Three minutes later, we saw an order placed on the website. And my friend was in sales in, in, a, in another industry, and he said, holy cow. You know, this was like 2009 or 2008. We were seeing digital sales come in without doing a single thing other than sending a tweet. That's pretty encouraging, especially when you scale up from a bass fishing net to a property in Tallahassee. <laughs> exactly. Talk about how you apply the business of getting business and help your team understand specific responsibilities for using digital marketing to advance your business objectives and helping people find homes that they're thrilled with. First of all, business owners need to understand that marketing is no longer a subset of company activities that is performed by somebody in a small room. Marketing is actually a responsibility of every single employee in the company. We cannot produce content that consumers are seeking if we're not talking to all of our employees, regardless of what their role is in the company. Five-star reviews do not come from the CEO. Five-star reviews come from the people out there on the front line with consumers. And it doesn't come from the sales force. It comes from the people delivering the service. And so... The, the foundation of content marketing is putting answers on the internet that people are starting to form questions about so that you capture them earlier in the sales cycle before they can get a hold of your competition. 
Can you share an example, like one specific question that are on people's minds that you've put answers to that help them gravitate towards you and your company? I recently put out a YouTube video on how to make an offer on a home in a seller's market. And it's one of the top questions we get from buyers. Right now, there's not enough inventory in real estate. When buyers find a home, they go, oh, I think I might like this one. If they don't get out to that home in minutes, they will lose it to another buyer. So unprepared buyers have a tendency to want to lowball an offer. And in a seller's market, if you do that, you get destroyed. And so I put out a video that gave an answer to a question we're getting from all of our buyers. How do you make an offer on a home when you know there's seven or eight other buyers going to be making an offer too? And it's not always the highest offer that wins. We've shown our people through a video how to structure an offer and a winning offer without even paying as much as some of the other people around you are offering. So that's, that's kind of, I mean, all digital marketing is, is reverse engineering the sale. We know what the closing table looks like. But if you go back nine and a half months, we also know the questions that consumers have that really don't necessarily relate to the closing table, but that's where their mindset is. So if we can start answering those questions online, we can start interacting with that consumer probably months, if not half a year before our competition even knows they're out there. Joe, I imagine that there are people who are still resistant to putting out their knowledge on the internet for a reason that you've overcome, a reason of saying, well, if I share my secrets and my knowledge and tell people what makes our company different and better, it's just going to be easy for others to copy. What have you found to be true that allows you to put out your best ideas and build an audience and continue to grow your business? You know, early on, I always felt like we had to hide the special sauce recipe. And then, then one day I realized it was just, you know, mayonnaise and bad ketchup. So the people that think that putting out high quality information is going to cause them to educate their competition, I would tell you to take a look in the mirror. When's the last time you went out and really studied your competition? When's the last time you tried to find every bit of dialogue, sales propaganda that they put out? You know, no one has time for that. And even if they did, they would always be following you. If they copy what you're writing, then you know, Google's not going to promote what they're doing. Google doesn't promote duplicate content. So I, I really think you're safe. I don't think anybody can really copy what you're doing and have success with it because you have a specific experience level when you write from being in that industry and doing that work that outsiders just really aren't going to be able to tie into. I think all of that's true. And I've also found that people who are copiers just can't keep the pace. They can't keep coming up with the ideas and they fall off very quickly. They may copy one or two, but people really see a difference when there's a long track record like you've established of consistently improving quality content. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. People who copy are typically lazy in nature and they get tired of it. And remember, Content production is not for immediate business. So people who copy you will probably quit after a couple months of not getting rich overnight. What is one of the ways that you have restructured your team in order to take advantage and really integrate digital marketing in your business processes that go on day after day? I could talk for hours on this. You know, I'd tell people we're a digital marketing company that sells real estate as opposed to a real estate company that has switched to digital marketing. 
we have employees that specialize in each specific key area of either buying a home or selling a home. We don't have independent contractors who work with sellers and work with buyers and things like that. We, we have people who are targeted to a specific role so that we can service the customers that we're bringing in through our digital marketing. I think most companies focus on hiring independent contractors to generate business, but we're more about hiring employees to convert the business that we're generating and to also convert them to five-star reviews to help us generate more future business. Give an example of how somebody who comes into your company today is treated differently than somebody who came in 12 years ago, maybe when you were just starting blogging. Well, 12 years ago, I was still very much in the independent contractor mindset. So if somebody joined me on that day, I would say, there's your desk, there's your phone, go get them, Tiger. Here's a startup program. Let me know how I can help you. And that's about it. I did offer training on a weekly basis, but the reality was as an independent contractor, you either made it because you, you, you worked hard or you failed because you, you just didn't, didn't get it done. And today? Today, joining my team is more like joining a football team. You know, you're not coming to my team to play football. You're coming to my team to be a football player with a specific role. Maybe you're an offensive guard. Maybe you're a defensive back. Maybe you're a linebacker. But you're not everything in football. You have a specific role. So we hire for positions that we need. We train people to that position. And we hold them accountable to be better at that specific task than any of our competitors are who have their independent contractors do all the tasks. So for people who are looking into this world and looking to adopt it in their own business in any different industry, whether it's running a professional marketing company or software development or some sort of engineering company, they're saying, so we have people that are going to have full-time responsibilities for having an impact through digital marketing. And here I'm listening to Joe Manasa talk about this, and he's wrapped his head around this and started to help people define their jobs differently and establish metrics and I'm sure KPIs. What's an example of a role you have in your company today that you didn't have a few years ago? Uh, We have a listing coordinator. Listing coordinator's job is to interact with all the different agents who are calling on our listings and to interact with the seller and to give them feedback from the agents that have shown their home. Now, this activity was something we had in the past, but it was handled individually by each and every agent that had a listing. Now it's far more organized and we're able to use that information, number one, to keep our sellers informed, but number two, it's also a source for great content. Oh, that's really interesting. So now this person is doing activities that superficially look very similar to how it's done in the past, but structurally it's a centralized role And to go even further, they're now listening for content that might inspire new articles or that might just need to have revisions to some process or procedure in order to serve an emerging market or emerging trends. Exactly. Joe, are you ready for the My Quest for the Best lightning round? Yeah, baby, bring it on. Earlier, I asked you about a person who inspired you growing up. In your teenage years, prior to West Point, what's a song you found inspiring? (laughs) that's a tough one i always liked cheap trick back then i want you to want me i don't know that it's inspired me but i liked that song back then what would you say is the most effective way that you get the word out about your mission each week facebook and promoting content on facebook it really reaches 
probably 30, 40% of my entire market area that I've targeted. What would you say is the most important habit, routine, or belief that you've stopped in the last year that's brought you the most pleasure or personal satisfaction? I can tell you I am a creature of habits and I can't think of anything that I've particularly stopped other than maybe a regular playing golf. I've, I've kind of given up golf for, for a few years. What would you say is a book that you've gifted others more than any other book in the last year? Discipline the Annapolis Way, Lessons from the Na- Nation's Fourth Best Military Academy uh, by Mike Nemeth. It's a book that has a bunch of sleeping midshipmen on the cover. And when you open it up, there is a uh, hundred and some odd pages of white space, absolutely nothing in it. So that was probably my favorite <laughs> book that I have For digital marketing, what is on the cutting edge for where you're taking it and where you hope to be, say, two years from now in terms of developing your team and acquiring different competencies or using tools at a higher level of proficiency? I'm going to give you a little bit longer answer than you're probably looking for for this. The first thing I want to say is the key to the business of getting business is I try to dumb down all the marketing speak so that a business owner can understand why he or she really needs to start implementing some of these solutions. There's always going to be some new cutting edge, state-of-the-art marketing thing to get excited about. But the reality is, is if you don't start engaging with the consumer online, a digital marketer is going to come in and do it and either make you pay for the right to talk to that customer or to sell that customer to your competition. So you really have to learn how to implement a full digital marketing concept and digital presence for your company. It's not how you advertise online, which is what I thought it was when I started. It's where you go to work. The internet is not the place you advertise. The internet is the place you work. And if you don't see it that way, you're probably going to lose significant market share in your business. As far as innovating and exciting, I am really trying to grow my YouTube presence right now. And it's very difficult because I'm in such a small market area. So someone who is running a business where they sell coast to coast, you've got tens of millions of people that perhaps could come and subscribe to your channel and help you grow. But I'm selling houses in Tallahassee and there's nobody living in Oklahoma that's thinking, hey, I'm going to move to Tallahassee. So I'm really targeting local subscribers and it's helping me get my message out. And I think the exciting thing about it is the use of the pixel and the Facebook pixel allows me to basically follow a Facebook user anywhere they go. Once they've clicked on my ad, YouTube has a similar uh, pixel. Google does as well. And so what you do is even without knowing names and contact information, you start growing large lists of people that you can retarget your marketing to. And it's, it's a powerful concept for small businesses because it's not very, it's not very costly. But boy, can you get out there and touch people. I call that growing your invisible list. Exactly. Joe Manusa, you have shared so many great ideas today on my quest for the best. I want to thank you so much. You've started off talking about how your mom, who was a competitive tennis player, instilled that value in you and your dad's example of hard work really helped you understand and embrace that 
through your school as well as through your service in the army. You shared with us that it's important to measure everything just as a smart business practice. And you went from writing about what you know to writing about what people want to know. And that started to change everything for you. It's important to leave footprints in the sand. And when people follow those footprints, they'll naturally arrive at your website. You talked about signing up and getting a lot of newsletters from people like Guy Kawasaki and others that you could study. Whereas some people took the attitude, oh my gosh, more email, what a waste. You took the attitude of more email, more lessons coming to me for free. This is terrific. You shared with us the idea that responsibility of every employee, regardless of their role in your company, is to help with marketing. It's no longer an isolated function for just someone sitting in one seat at one desk. It's everyone's responsibility. And you treat your team differently. You really bring in full-time employees that are targeted to specific roles. And you teach them that to start and be effective at marketing, you need to start at the end result, which is at the settlement table, and work your way backwards to understand the behavior, the interests, and the needs of your prospects in order to serve them more effectively. We also talked about the mind shift that you experience where you say, you know, the internet isn't just where you go to be social. It's not where you go to sell ads. It's where you go to go to work. And that's a really valuable lesson. So Joe, for all these reasons and so many more, Joe Manasa, author of The Business of Getting Business, The Digital Marketing Guide for Small Business, I want to thank you once again for joining me on my quest for the best. I appreciate you inviting me, Bill. Joe, before we say goodbye for now, where can we find out more about you and your work online? The easiest place to find me is on my uh, last name, manasa.com. That's M-A-N-A-U-S-A.com. Terrific. Thank you again so much for joining me on my quest for the best. And uh, we're going to link to your website, your book link, and all your social media so it's easy for people to keep up with you and learn more about the business of getting business. Thanks, Bill. Hi, this is Bill, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast interview on my quest for the best. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite app so you never miss an episode full of stories, tips, and insights for the ambitious small business leader. Now I have a quick request for you. Please go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating and review. My team and I really appreciate the feedback and we read every comment to find out what you enjoy and what you want as we develop new content, course materials, and a few surprises that we have in store for you. When you rate and review my quest for the best, you help other small business leaders find us, subscribe to the podcast, and join the community. You can get the Insider's e-newsletter for small business leaders by going to myquestforthebest.com. We have chosen a challenging path to make a living and make a difference in the world, and I believe it's important to share top-notch resources with each other, which is why you'll find new episodes from top thought leaders and small business experts on My Quest for the Best each week. Thanks for listening and being part of the community. See you on the next episode.